Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Well, our hope is that uh, you have enjoyed the music this morning, uh, wherever you are watching from. And uh, like Lauren said, you know, like we've really been praying that God's presence would meet you right where you are today. My name is Ron, and I'm the pastor of Vital Point Church. And today, uh, I, before I make my big, bold statement to start our uh, conversation around our topic today, I want to just bring you up to speed. Uh, today is a very special day for us as a church, March 7th. Uh, just a few days ago, we closed on our facility in Poplar Hill. So this past week, we closed on that. And uh, on Friday and Saturday, we have had uh, countless numbers of people coming in and getting ready for uh, the doing some modifications to the facility, to the building. And uh, we're very excited about that and how God is continuing to tell this incredible story through Vital Point Church and the provision of this new facility in Poplar Hill, which is basically about 10 minutes uh, west of Northwest London. And for some of us, this building represents a place that we're going to gather. Others, it represents a place where you are connected to from afar. And we recognize that, whether it's online or in one of our rural settings or one of our small town settings. And uh, we're very excited about that. Just so you know... We're going to continue to be online. Our goal is to be in person for Easter Sunday, and uh, we hope and pray that we can meet that target and be able to go uh, into that space. And then we're also unraveling in the next few weeks, unfolding in the next few weeks, our plan for our Exeter region. We're in the pursuit of finding a physical location for in-person gathering there as well. And uh, we're very excited what God is doing in the provision of all this. It's just been an amazing journey. And if you want to keep up the date on all this stuff, follow our social media, uh, get involved in our weekly email that goes out. You can get all that on vitalpointchurch.com, which is such an important piece of how we communicate everything that's going on, especially in a time when church is strictly online. So we hope that you will be following that and be part of that. All right, so uh, I want to make a very bold statement right off the top of our message today, this conversation uh, around this holy habit of celebration. This is something that I've been thinking a little bit about and wondering about in my own journey as I think about God. I don't know if you think about God all that much, but for me, I do, and I want to make a very bold statement. I'm gonna, it's so bold, I'm going to say it probably twice, all right? So here it is. God is the most joyful being in the universe, and he loves to celebrate. I got to say it again. It's that bold. Here we go. God is the most joyful being in the universe, and he loves to celebrate. Now, I know you might find that hard to believe, but it's true. When you begin to look at God through the lens of the Bible, you begin to see some things emerge that are so powerful. For example, when he created all things, he said that it was good. And then when he created humanity, he said that it was very good. It's an expression of celebrating the goodness of what he has just created. 
You can track through the Old Testament and see the people of God. You can recognize that the people of God entered into these things called festivals. And these would last for days. There would be music, there would be food, there would be dance, there would be community. It was an an expression of God's celebration through his people. There's a prophet, a minor prophet named Zephaniah. There's a little verse in Zephaniah that expresses God's joyful song that he sings over his people. I mean, think about that for a moment. God has a song that he sings with joy over us, and specifically at times over you. There's another Old Testament moment for me that I think a little bit, and when I think about celebration, it's this guy named Nehemiah, and God had used him to rebuild a wall in Nehemiah. And Nehemiah chapter eight, the God's people were in a moment of, of grief and sorrow and lament, it says. And in that moment, Nehemiah challenges the people to go and make good food and to celebrate the joy of the Lord being their strength. I mean, how incredible is that? But then you can fast forward. You can look at Jesus. You can look at the life of Jesus and you can see the stories that he told. You can see the moment where in Luke chapter 15, he tells this story about a lost coin, a a lost lamb, and a lost son. And after every one of these moments that he tells in the story, it says that people gathered together and celebrate. Then he says this amazing line, that all of heaven celebrates, all the kingdom of God celebrates when one person turns to faith in Jesus. I mean, how awesome is that? Matter of fact, Jesus' very first miracle was performed at a celebration. It was a wedding. Now, I recognize even saying this bold statement that some of you are having a hard time even believing it. And the reason is, is that you likely have seen someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus and they're miserable. Let's just call it for what it is. You know, maybe it was you watched a, a grandparent or maybe you watched a neighbor or a coworker or maybe your own parent or whatever it is. And, and you're like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. I, I love what one author said. We often associate God with the judgmental, grim, soul-wearing, defensive Christian. You know, it's so often we have a perspective of God as a result of that, but I want you to hear my words. God loves to celebrate, and here's the other piece of it. God expects his people to be celebrating. He expects his people to be joy-filled and to be happy, the most celebrating people on the planet. We're in this series called Holy Habits, and we've been talking about this idea of embodying certain patterns and rhythms and disciplines that partner with the work of God by His Spirit to transform us into what we've been calling image bearers. We, we recognize that our faith is strengthened. If you're a follower of Jesus, your faith is strengthened with intentionality. And if you're a person who's not yet a follower of Jesus, and maybe one day you'll turn your life towards him, embrace him for yourself, there's a dynamic that happens in our lives that we begin to be transformed by the work of the Spirit. I mean, this is the core of what we love to see at Vital Point Church. We love to see this dynamic happen in people's lives. We want to see people begin to understand what does it mean to live out this thing called faith? What does it mean to walk in relationship with Jesus and to be transformed? This whole series we uh, called Holy Habits, we've been 
basing it on this one phrase. It's a phrase that's going to come up on the screen for you. It says this, to be deeply formed into the image of Jesus in order to reflect his glory. It comes from the Bible, actually. There's uh, a section in the Bible called 2 Corinthians. And verse, uh, section 3, verse 18 says this, So all who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I want you to hear my words. The only way that we can be transformed and to understand to reflect the glory of the image of Jesus in our lives is because he died, was buried, and rose again. And when God by his spirit reveals this truth to us in a very powerful way, something begins to happen inside of us. Something begins to change inside of us. We begin living and expressing from a different place and a different purpose. So in our series, Holy Habits, that we started a few weeks ago, we have been looking at things like slowing down. I mean, how important it is in our time where many of us are emerging out of what is what we call lockdown. Now what we're seeing is an emergence of people that are racing right back to their patterns of life. And we were saying, no, slow down. We talked about secrecy, this idea of living an obscure life, no longer being driven by the like button, but being driven by the secrecy of the things that we do. These are the holy habits. And today, I wanna talk about celebrating. Because I believe that right now, in this season of time, celebrating is an element of our formation that we need to re-envision and recapture in our journey. Because as we look around, there's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of darkness. And I've been getting messages from people that are really struggling these days. And I believe that this is a piece that can begin to turn the tide on some of this in our lives the habit of celebrating. What I wanna do for us today is I wanna take us to Jesus. And you're like, okay, it's church, no kidding, it's a good idea. Yeah, I wanna take you to Jesus because Jesus lays the foundation for us in understanding how we can develop this celebration pattern in our lives. There's a section of the Bible that I find inspiring and you're like, all of it's inspiring, I get that, but there's a section of the Gospel of John, John chapter 15, 16, and 17. I really strongly encourage you to look at this later today and if you're not sure where it is, there's an index at the beginning of the Bible that can help you find it or you can just bring it up on an app and find it as well. But I want you to read it later today, but I wanna pull out three verses that are gonna give us this foundation of celebration and joy. John chapter 15, verses 9, 10, 11. Here we go. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. This is Jesus talking. He says, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. What is Jesus saying to the disciples here in this moment? I believe that Jesus is revealing that joy and celebration is not something that we try to muster up on our own. It is not based on our circumstances. 
What he's talking about here is that there is something supernatural that comes into our lives when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, and it is this dynamic of joy. And not only joy that he gives us, but a joy that will eventually become yours and overflow. I mean, think about this for a moment. In this simple little section of Jesus' teaching, he says, I give you my joy, my joy. This opening statement that I made earlier, this bold proclamation that God is like the most joyful being in the universe and that he loves to celebrate is supported by this very moment. This moment where we see that Jesus wants to pour his joy into our lives. It is an expression of the character and the essence of God as we experience the relationship with Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. But then he says, this is so amazing. Sometimes we miss these little words. He says, so that your joy, whoa, all of a sudden, he's identifying that this joy will not be only something that we do, but it will become who we are. Fascinating. So this means that we enter into the process of becoming a people that celebrate, that express this joy. Not in some weird false veneer or some fake Christianese, but truly from the essence of the relationship with Jesus as it becomes our own. Now, we gotta ask ourselves a question here. Out of all the things that Jesus could have said, could have said, I'm gonna give you this, I'm gonna give you that. He chose joy. Why? Why did Jesus say these words, I give you my joy? Because Jesus is speaking to the essence of a human heart and a human life. Because when you think about your life and when I think about my life, when we strip it all away, we're searching for something. We're exploring something. We're on a quest for something. And what is that? It is truly the quest to find what? Contentment, joy, happiness, and even freedom. Think about that part of it. Jesus speaks right to the heart of you and me. We're searching. I know this is probably gonna age me a little bit, but remember that guy Bono and you two? He sang that song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Many of us are in this pursuit of what Jesus is speaking about. It's why some of us enter into relationships that lead us to destruction. At times we pursue sex and money and education and travel and art and books. And a moment of truth, full transparency in this moment right here. Many even try to find this kind of contentment in a church. Like this happens. People think that the church, this, this new church that I'm gonna go to or this new group of people of faith that I'm gonna go to is going to give me what this particular church couldn't give me. We've been, so just like all, there's a bunch of us pastors that have been talking a little bit about this and trying to assess what is happening right now in this season. And one of the things that we've noticed is that there's this, there's this undercurrent of, that's happening in church world. And it's not just in London, it's, and not just in Ontario, not just in Canada, but around the world where people are beginning to shift and move and begin to have these uh, uncomfortable conversations. Like pastors are having these un- uncomfortable conversations at times. Like I've had it a number of times where I've had people come to me and they say like, Ron, the church just isn't doing it for me and your messages aren't doing it for me anymore, but don't take it personal. 
And it's kind of like, okay, it's almost like calling me ugly, but don't take it personal. Like there's this feel that's happening right now. Why? Like it's because we all have this longing inside of us for contentment and joy and happiness and freedom. I get it. I experience it even in my own journey. This is part of what it means to be human. There's nothing wrong with pursuing relationships or, or, or material things or vacations. I mean, who can't wait to go to a sunny beach and sit on a beach and do absolutely nothing and just wave at a guy and he brings you drinks eventually? I mean, we can't wait for that, but it must be in the right place, in the right order, in the aspect of enjoyment. Like, think about this for a minute. This has been something we've been doing since we were kids. I know I have. Like, I grew up in an era where, man, the Sears Christmas catalog was the thing. Uh, our camera guy's smiling at me right now because he, I think he might know what I'm talking about. Like, you just, you just circle those things, right? It's like, I hope my mom will buy me this. I remember getting, circling the Atari in the Christmas Sears catalog, and then I got an Atari for Christmas. I thought, yes, I have arrived. I am so happy now. And then my buddy, Glenn Tibbetts, he got a Nintendo with Donkey Kong, and my Atari with a little asteroid thing no longer could do it for me. It's, it's kind of how we experience it. It's how we express it. It's how we live. We're all searching and longing. See, in our brokenness, in the creation of who we are, in our, and then as a result of sin and our brokenness, we're all pursuing these things. Coupled with this brokenness and a worldview that says we deserve to be happy, we all find ourselves falling short and oftentimes failure after failure. And Jesus says, I give you my joy. Like, you can't get any clearer. Like, he says, I want to give you this joy. I want to pour it into your life. See, when we're pursuing joy and celebration and happiness and contentment and freedom from other aspects of life, it's almost like trying to eat an Oreo blizzard with a straw. I had to bring in some sort of fun fact for us today. I mean, think about this. Have you ever tried to eat an Oreo blizzard from Dairy Queen with a straw and you're like sucking on that straw and you're just not getting the good stuff? You're not getting the Oreo or the, or the peanut butter cup or whatever it is and you're, and you're drawing on this thing and you're still left wanting. Jesus says, stop pursuing that and look to me. Look to me so that my joy will be yours. Now, it's so beautiful because Jesus actually speaks to something very important in verses nine and 10. Let me read it for you again. You may have missed it, so I, I gotta read it for you again. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, okay? Whoa, like that's powerful. Like Jesus, God, loves you. No matter how messed up your life is, he loves you. And then he says, remain in my love, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Jesus gives us this picture, this holy habit of recognizing, observing steps of obedience of faith to live in the remain in aspect. It's this abide in. It's this like I pitch my tent in relationship to him. See, when a person begins to understand that they cannot be made right with God apart from themselves, but that only Jesus can make us right with God through his death, burial, and resurrection, we begin to realize a full dependence and surrender to that truth. But then, 
what happens is this, is that we sometimes begin to think that we can live out the faith on our own strength and power, but the reality is, is that I still am relying on Jesus to continue in that space so that his joy will continue to be poured in me, and the development of that will produce the fruit of joy in that dependence upon him and the work of the Spirit. So there's this other guy named Paul who wrote some stuff in the Bible for us. And he wrote this book called Galatians. And he he said this. He said, the evidence of God working in us is this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to come up on the screen for you. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. He says that the fruit of the Spirit, look at the first three, love, joy, peace. And then there's a few others in there, and they're going to come up on the screen for you. But I want to look at the first three, love, joy, peace. They're not independent of each other. They're woven together in one. So that the holy habit of celebrating those aspects that we bring into our lives and the dependence and of remaining in and abiding in our dependence upon Jesus, the pouring in and the overflow that becomes ours, we are formed and we produce this fruit. Like, for some of us, I recognize that this is not new for you, but others of us are going, whoa, I had no idea that this was what the message of the Christian faith was about. This beautiful relationship that emerges and we are formed. Like, have you ever come across someone that claims to be a follower of Jesus and their lives demonstrate this thing called celebration and it's not fake or phony, but it's real? I have. I got a friend named Mark Stahl. And uh, I'm totally calling him out right now. I hope he's watching right now. I'm calling him out. My friend Mark Stahl is one of these guys. He's one of these men. I, every time I'm with him, you feel and sense the overflow of the joy and the celebration. What you need to know about Mark is that he has every right to shake his fist at life. Matter of fact, he could have every right to shake his fist at God because of some of the things that he has gone through in his family with his kids and everything. But yet, he is an overflow of joy. Like when we play tennis together, it kind of drives me crazy to be honest with you a little bit because we're playing tennis and he could, I could be beating him in a game and he's on the other side and he's singing choruses that we sing on Sunday morning. Some of the ones we just sang today and I'm like starting to fire the ball at him and next thing you know, I'm losing because he's overflowing with joy and I'm like not demonstrating it. But yet that's him. That's who he is. Mark is one of those guys that is formed. You see it. It's a demonstration in his life. And it's not fake or phony. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a demonstration of that holy habit. See, what I think is important for us and what I know is critical for us to see and understand in this conversation of celebration is that the foundation of this, the only way that we can truly enter into the holy habit of celebration is in the relationship with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. But then what begins to happen is we see our lives different. We see our days different. Matter of fact, I would almost go into this space of saying a holy habit of celebration is recognizing that each day is a new day that God has given to us. Like, look at this verse. Love this verse. You might want to write this one down. Psalm 118.24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 
It doesn't say, I'm going to rejoice and be glad when everything works out. I get my new job. I get into the school I want. I get a clean bill of health. I get a raise. I got a bonus. I got my tax return back. Like, it's like, you know, we often think it's those things. And yeah, they bring us happiness. I get it, contentment. Like, I can't wait for my tax return. It's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to tithe some of it to the church. But it's so great. It's so awesome. But yet, that's just a fleeting moment. I need to see each and every day as a day that I can rejoice no matter what is in front of me. I have a, a friend, another friend. I've got quite a few friends, but this is another friend. This is a new friend. His name is Kirk, and he's actually watching today. I've invited him to watch the service today. Kirk and I are in a, a coaching course together. And uh, we're peer learners, and we get to get on the phone once a week with one another. We FaceTime, and we are just doing life together and this coaching and, and all this. It's really great. And I believe God has brought us together for a purpose and a reason. Kirk's wife is not well. She's extremely sick. She's got cancer. And every week, these conversations that we have, it gets a little bit darker, and it gets a little bit darker. And as I read between the lines, I have a sense that it's just a matter of time. And just so you know, we need to be praying for this family. But there's a joy level in my friend Kirk that is inspiring. It's not fake, it's not put on, it's legit. It is the evidence of a life formed in relationship with Jesus through celebration. He, he texted me this a couple weeks ago. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass, it's about learning to dance in the rain. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And I talked to him on FaceTime a couple days after he texted me that, and he said, Ron, it's not God's job to make me happy. It's how he wants me to walk in this moment. There are moments in life when God speaks through someone else. And God gave great clarity in that moment from a man, from a couple, from a family that is walking this path. I'm learning to dance in the rain. Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We see difference. We begin to rejoice no matter what. Other uh, part of this that I think is absolutely essential is that when we develop this holy habit of celebrating, it will often come as a result of the community of people around us. <gasps> think about that. I mean, come on. Like, seriously, take a look at the people around you. Celebration is not done all in isolation. It is formed in community, in relationship. And how critical it is to find those people that will help you celebrate, help you joy. And you get to help them celebrate. You get to be part of their joy over great meals, great drink, music, together the expression. This is what I love about Vital Point Church right now. I got to tell you. I mean, we've been in a lockdown season. We've, we've not been physically gathering in a, either one of our spaces or three or four of our spaces, whatever we got left going on. I don't know. But here's the thing. We have more people connecting in community than ever before. Zoom, online, Google Hangout, I don't know what you call it. They are there each week forming relationship because celebration doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in community. 
I want to challenge you. Look at your Facebook, social media, Instagram. Kick some people out because they're dragging you down. And if you're worried about that, just kind of mute them or something. I don't know. There's a way you can do it, I think. Like, I'm serious, people. Like, I'm, my heart's pounding right now because I just think we're missing out on this piece in our faith formation. What a gift, isn't it? What a gift. One last thought before our closing song. Celebration doesn't mean you won't have pain, sorrow, or grief. It doesn't mean that you won't go through seasons of lament. Think about a mom who's going through labor, giving birth to a baby. There's, there's something so difficult to watch and to see, and from a, a husband's perspective and seeing two young boys being babies being born and and, and it's just I watched my wife go through that but I also watched the joy that came from these little bundles of infancy it's just amazing little things these little human beings we wrap them up and we place them on the mom and the mom's face lights up with great joy see I don't think we can have great joy without great pain it's all part of what it means to be human. And so my thought for you today is this, is that as you walk through this pain, recognize that you can rise up in the middle of it and practice celebration, as difficult as it may be. For some of us today that are watching right now, you're not sure if you're a follower of Jesus. You've been exploring, you've been on a quest. And I wanna say this to you. Maybe today's the day you open up your life and let Jesus pour that joy in to fill you. And then you go through the process of the journey of faith and the highs and the lows. It's formed in you to the place where it overflows, like my friend Mark or my friend Kirk. But wouldn't it be amazing if we as Vital Point Church, whether you're online or eventually in person, wouldn't it be amazing if we together as a community begin to shed light on this one simple truth that God is the most joyful being in the universe and he loves to celebrate and he expects his people to celebrate the same. Wouldn't it be amazing to turn that dial to give a new perspective on who God is through our lives? The people in your neighborhood, the people at your work, the people on your kids' sports teams, your quilting club, your chess club, I don't care what it is. Wouldn't it be amazing that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that you will have a joy that rises up that's supernatural, not based on mustering it up in self-help, but based on the relationship with Jesus and the work of the Spirit in your life. Maybe today, maybe today, you're, you're, this thought's been running through my head the last couple seconds. You're a follower of Jesus and you're miserable. Today, just admit that, own that, and recognize that confessing it can just bring that power of God into your life and begin to turn that dial a little bit. Wouldn't it be amazing for that to happen? As we bring this service to a close, we have a closing song that I don't want you just to listen to, although it could be just part of it, but what I want you to do is, I want you to allow yourself to settle into this moment as much as you can, and just allow this song to speak into your life 
in a way that gives you life and clarity. Well, I hope that uh, you were impacted by that song in a way that draws you to action. You know, and I know that for some of us, we are processing some of the things that we've been listening to and hearing today. And I just hope and pray that God will continue to invade your life in a way that speaks hope and life into you. You know, I know for some of us, it's a a real eye-opener today to recognize how important this holy habit is. And so if you need prayer and you would like someone to pray with you, on the screen we have, I believe, the number that you can text. That will be instant. It goes to someone in our community that will be responding through text message. And uh, we hope that you'll take advantage of that. Also want to mention this to you. You know, we're entering into um, the month of March and uh, we've got a lot of things that are going to emerge in this month. And uh, so as far as that goes, we want you to pay attention to our social media, get on our weekly. We're going to be dropping all kinds of information on how to get tickets for, Chris, uh, for Easter services, not Christmas, Easter services in, in Poplar Hill, and then relaunching Exeter, staying online. It's all happening. But I also want to say this to you, for some of you that call Vital Point Church your church, don't forget that part of our act of worship is honoring God with our resources. And so my hope and my prayer is that even being online, you can do this. Go to vitalpointchurch.com and you can give your offering that way as well. It continues to fuel. I want you to think about this. Our support financially of the mission and vision of Vital Point fuels that vision and mission. And as we enter into relaunching our locations, it's a powerful, important piece of that for us. So let's keep remembering that. And uh, I know for me, I already mentioned earlier that uh, our, it kind of slipped out of me. So I'll just kind of identify it that Desiree and I, we are going to be tithing our tax return back to the church and honoring God that way. And maybe that's something that you could do as well this coming year. I want to pray for you and the service will be finished. We hope that you have a wonderful week. And uh, if you look forward to the next week as I'm going to talk about this thing called the Holy Habit of Confession. It's going to be a great one. I've already started, so don't miss it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you so much that we can gather like this online, that even though we're in our individual spaces, we recognize that your spirit is moving and working. God, I pray that as we step into this space, that you would help us realize that as we remain in a relationship with Jesus, as we continue to camp in that relationship, he Jesus pours out his joy in us to the place where we become the celebratory people that you call us to be. God, I pray that over each and every one of us. I pray for those that maybe are watching that are wrestling with their faith. God, I pray that you would solidify it for them today in a way that would give them life and hope. We pray for this coming month for Vital Point Church as we begin to move towards the centralized facility in Poplar Hill and relaunching in Exeter. God, I pray that you would continue to do your work, perform your miracles as we, as we need them to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week and thanks for being part of Vital Point Online.